there is enough space in this world for every one of us every brand like monopolies aren't supposed to happen anyways like that it's actually against the rules yeah especially Mm. in a capitalist society we need to make space for everybody to succeed this is tales from the pros where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration struggles and successes and i'm your host michael giorgio Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. My wonderful guest with me here today is the CEO of Truly and the CEO of Flywheel. She is an executive level, level digital marketing professional with over 20 years of progressive experience. She specializes in relationship and inbound marketing with a passion for data-driven strategy and has over 20 years of research and analytics experience using both quantitative and qualitative data. I'm interested in what, and I'm actually really interested in her story. Uh, we're gonna talk about that in, in a few minutes here, but essentially, um, you know, this amazing woman is, is also the best-selling author of The Power of Social Networking and Crown Business, a professional international speaker, and was recognized as a woman to watch in Entrepreneur Magazine in 2013, Woman-led startups to watch in Fast Company in 2011, and the most influential woman in technology in Fast Company in 2009. Please welcome the amazing Tara Hunt, or I would say Tara. I keep saying Tara, but that's okay. That's, that's a okay. <laughs> I'm so used to. Thank you for having me on this, Michael, and thank you for that introduction. Now I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, I listen. You know, Tara, I've read so much great about you, and and you have. Uh, uh, I think when I, the research I've, I've done on you and just learning about you and watching your videos, reading your content, um, you have a strong influence on in what you do and it seems like you're very passionate. And I can see that when I watch YouTube videos, you have so much passion, you know what you're doing. You're not just, I've seen a lot of stuff on all these platforms where people, it's like, it's a lot of, it's not, I don't want to say made up, but it, it's not, it, it's not coming from a lot of experience, but with you, I can see that you have so much passion, experience, enjoying what you're doing. And it comes across that way. So I just want to let you know that. So. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's uh, content. It, when you're a content creator, and a lot of people are content creators, um, you know, it takes a lot of time to do, to do content right. So um, <clears throat> you'll find a lot of content creators that do great content, but they're mm-hmm. just doing content. And then you'll find a lot of people who are working on projects and they just don't have time to do the content. So they don't speak about it a lot. And it's, it's definitely like, it's great to hear that from you because I try to balance the two as much as possible. <laughs> so to, to varying degrees of success, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, there are a lot of people in your space, you know, that, that are content creators and, and I'm sure we're all sick of this word influencers. I know we mm. keep hearing it and there's always different, there's all these uh, different buzzwords that come out, right? There's always yep. a buzzword. Entrepreneur, that's been going, coming, that's been out for how long now? Uh, probably over 10 years, it's been in trend. And then influencers, and now people are saying, you know, micro influence. I mean, what's next? <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know what the heck is next. Nano influencers. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure COVID will, will, uh, influence something else. We'll we'll come up with uh, another tag word, um, you know, trendy word of, of what people are going to call themselves. But 
Um, but anyways, uh, Tara, I'm really uh, honored that you're here. Thank you so much. I know you're doing a lot of different things and I uh, want to talk about your, your successful businesses, your new ventures, your story. Um, as you know, I'm a fan of storytelling. I know you are as well. Um, and uh, I definitely want to talk about the power of storytelling and talk about the, the, the power of, uh, of a, a good content marketing strategy um, and, and targeting the right audience and all that good stuff. So um, just to kind of kick things off, uh, I, I know you do have a, a good story behind where you came from, and uh, I know we talked a little bit before that you are in Toronto, but Tara, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? You know, what, what was the, you know, were you always a, 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 did you always have a passion for marketing or how did, how did you get to this point that you are in, you know, in today? You know, um, I've heard this, I've heard it a million times and quite often I roll my eyes. Uh, when I hear like follow your gut, right? Because it's a really, it, it, well, it's a precarious position to be in because uh, like that's, it's not a real thing. Um, intuition, I guess, is what we're talking about when it's uh, following your gut. But, you know, even then, uh, I've seen a lot of people following that intuition and, you know, following it basically down to, down a bad path sort of thing but I can say that part like I feel like my whole career has been stumbling to stumbling in mostly right directions <laughs> by like just be seeing something and feeling something and recognizing oh this is this is good I should this is where I need to go um, and then just sort of trusting that instinct um, so you know, I, uh, years ago, uh, I'm a, you know, Canadian, I was, you know, living uh, in Toronto. Um, and I just, like, I found out about this blogging thing, and I started blogging. And then I was really passionate and advocating um, for this idea of, like, brands creating relationships through these digital channels, there wasn't even social yet. Um, and then I got, um, like, a uh, headhunted basically down to San Francisco um, and I followed that like I just dropped everything in my life and just jumped on a plane and moved down to San Francisco um, of course I you know went through the proper channels to get my uh, work visa and stuff but you know like but then I got there and I remember feeling like oh damn what did I do have I ruined everything like why did I just like do that but then that worked out really well I mean that took me to um, new levels of, of like insights and meeting really cool new people that taught me new things and having experiences that took me to the next level. And then um, I got a book deal, which was like, what is like, why would anybody like, I mean, I knew I had blog readers, but why would anybody want to like, does my stuff fit in a book? <laughs> wow. I guess, I guess I was about to find out and I started being asked to speak. I was scared, like, can I swear on your podcast or no? Little, little ones. Yeah. I was scared. I was scared shitless. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> like when I started speaking, um, I remember being backstage at one of my first talks. They had hired me as a keynote. I'd been on a few panels before then. Wow. And Which keynote was it? It was actually, they had brought me back to Toronto. Uh, it was for <clears throat> Mesh Conference, I think it was called. It was backstage. And all of a sudden, I could just feel like everything bumping up inside of me. And I had to run to the bathroom and I, I puked. Because <laughs> I was like, and 
Um, and then I had to go up and I had to perform, I mean, basically on stage, I was so nervous. Um, but you know, that after a while got easier. And then just like at every stage, there was like something that like, you know how you know it when you see it and you're like, oh, that's that thing. And just, I don't know what it is in, in my, in me that I looked at things and said, I'm going to follow that with complete faith. I guess that's what happens in religion. So this is, you know, maybe yeah. this has my, been my religion in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I just kept following it. And sometimes, I mean, I can't say that everything that I've done has led to great success or, or been, you know, a great decision. But um, yeah, like a little small town Alberta girl, um, you know, from, yeah, like, I wouldn't have even been able to dream this up if somebody asked me when I was graduating from high school, like where I saw myself in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years or whatever. It's such a big um, question to ask that too. <laughs> like I, all yeah. along the way, it was not planned. It was, no. it was more, it was like, wow, this looks interesting. And I just followed it. So, I mean, I guess, and, and, the, and that's terrible advice to give to people too, I think, because they'll be like, follow your instincts. Well, sometimes that's, you know, uh, will take you in the wrong direction. And what does that mean? But, you know, when you talk about the videos that you see sometimes on these social platforms, I think a lot of times what we do see is that people, there are people who see somebody else's, like you see somebody else succeeding because they followed that instinct. And that person that they admire, that they want to, um, you know, um, <clears throat> replicate, I guess, Right. That person took a chance because instinctually they saw something that was going to be like really interesting for them. And they didn't do it for the wrong reasons. Usually like anytime I followed my instincts, it was like, I feel this like passion for it. I, like, I feel this is the right thing to do. Not, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money or I'm going to get a bunch of followers or whatever. It's not that. Right. But I think like the first mover the person who is influencing all of these up and coming content creators um, follow their gut. And because of that, people follow them. But then there's a whole bunch of other people that say, Oh, that I want to be that person. It's not the same thing. That's not following your gut. That's following the money or following the likes or right. <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. So it comes across that way then too. Right. Yeah. And did you, so, I mean, we all know that you have, you know, you had this, I can see it in your face, your eyes that you, you love content, you love marketing, you, you love digital, you have all these passions for it. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, I, I could tell from your content, you love talking about audiences, how to target the right audience at the right time with all these different tools and, and strategies, tactics. Um, but you know, before all that, when you started truly, did, how did truly, truly come about? How, was it something uh, was it just you or did you have a partner? Did you have this idea to start this agency or was it just like, you know what, I, I'm just so going to kick this yeah, off. How truly wasn't my first uh, rodeo, I guess, or my, no, mm -hmm. my first uh, uh, project or, you know, where I started something. Um, I had done many companies before. And in fact, um, here is a, like kind of an example of me kind of, well, I mean, I wasn't ignoring my gut, but I wanted to actually find a job. I was like, I'm through with this entrepreneurship thing. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired. It's tough. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my mid forties and there's absolutely like no way that I'm going to continue to like run this hamster wheel. And um, so I had actually put, I'd started my video series um, and it was really in order to be like hired by somebody. And instead I kept attracting would be clients and there were enough kind of cool projects that came along that I was like, I guess I'll do this. I'll do it as a freelance thing for a little while. Um, and at the time I was talking to my accountant who was like, you need to incorporate. I was like, oh, but I don't want to do another business. And he said, well, even if you don't go forward with it, it's still a good way like tax wise for you to operate. So I incorporated and the entire time I would be, even I said to my clients, I was like, I'm just doing this until I can find a job. Next thing you know, I was so busy, I had to hire somebody. I got on that, like, I was in that part of the, you know, growth of a business where you're like, either I turn away the business or I hire somebody to help me with the business. And I ended up hiring, I ended up going down the, okay, I'll hire somebody. And then I hired several people. <laughs> and then I was signing a lease on an office. And then I was putting like uh, benefits plans, mm. like all sorts of things together. Yeah. And here I am four and a half years later. Um, and, you know, there was a, I, you know, for a joke for a long time, it was my accidental agency because I really just, it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I just kept saying, okay, well, universe, you keep telling me that this is what I need to do. And it's worked out so far. We've had bumps in the road. Everybody has. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, like, um, four and a half years later, uh, I have an amazing team of, um, of people who work with me, um, that I get to like pay even during a COVID-19, like shutdown there, <clears throat> yeah. you know, we haven't cut back cause we were so busy. Um, so yeah, like, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the evolution of of truly um for sure that's great we and we have i'll tell you from listening to that story we have a lot of similarities because nine years ago when uh my brother-in-law and i started imagine ovation in 2011 the economy wasn't good uh and it started almost i want to say by accident but we didn't know that it was going to take off we had no idea he was working another job. I was unemployed after my master's degree. I was doing it just to say, eh, let me get some experience. I couldn't get hired. It was, it was at least for a job that I wanted. Um, and then the third, you know, we were posting on Craigslist all over the country. I got banned like four times. I found other ways to get, to get on there. Didn't give up. Was very, uh, had a lot of resilience, perseverance, just kept going. Um, and yeah, you know, just, it just worked out the third week we closed up, uh, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, at least for us at that time, it was, it was a lot of money. We're like, you know, um, let's, let's do this. This might be something cool to pursue. So it was, a, it was a blessing in disguise the way it happened. We didn't know it was actually going to be successful, but we've had our bumps in the road, but that's a different story. What were you posting to Craigslist? I'm, I'm very curious, like that oh. your services or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I would oh. do is I would create. Yep. So I, I knew like the basics of Photoshop. I was not a de designer by all means, but I knew I, I did. I took some classes in college, so I would do some basic, uh, create some basic designs, like a banner ad, put the banner ad of our services, web design, web development, web applications, right. mobile, all that stuff. And then put that on there with our logo, have a little story, um, and then post it on different cities. I would post hundreds of cities around the country. Um, and then they said, you're posting too much. So they banned me. I started, I created another email. 
uh, with different, I changed all the words, different images, everything. I did that numerous times. Um, and it got us, it got us business. We had no money and we started from nothing. So oh, that's just so in, like, it, that's, uh, that's ingenuity in there. You're a true entrepreneur. That's very yeah. interesting. I never thought of using uh, Craigslist, but yeah, that's cool. Well, you probably don't want to use it now. Not with a good clientele. We got some crazies. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. We got some crazies, but uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, that's a different story. But no, this is this is cool. I mean, you definitely have a lot of a lot in common, and and you know, I there was uh, a a few pieces of content, uh, Tara, that I saw on your YouTube, and um, even a written post as well in regards to storytelling. And um, I, I like how you talk about uh, finding your story, tuning into it, and and turning your values into action. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, so the storytelling series um, like came actually a little bit out of frustration because so many people do talk about storytelling, you know, like, um, and a lot of people talk about storytelling in this very kind of uh, from the point of view of the storyteller. Um, so, you know, the, so you get like a lot of kind of advertising story perspective you know those ads that make people cry or whatever but when I think of storytelling I think of it in a very different way I think of like my series I don't tell stories necessarily maybe there's stories embedded within them but I think of storytelling more of like how you connect with your audience right there's so, different types yep you're right yeah the best stories I find are stories <clears throat> that you read and you see yourself in in some way shape or form right like either you see yourself as i've seen this happen um and i empathize with the characters um or you read the story and you're like oh my god that was me or that is me and so i need to keep reading to find out how my story <laughs> ends um and i've always been a huge fan of joseph campbell uh, and the hero's journey. Are you familiar with? I've heard, uh, I've heard of it, but I, I can't, yeah, I can't quote any of their content or anything, but I, yeah. I do. Yeah. So, so he, um, he, I think in the sixties is when, um, he coined the term, the hero's journey. And he talks about all great stories, like are the, you know, the similar to what you'd see in like star Wars or the Lord of the Rings or whatever, like this hero starts out normal life. There's a call to action. He refuses that call. He or she refuses that call. Then something happens that he or she cannot ignore. He's taken that person, the hero is taken over the threshold, goes through a series of battles, like has to win those battles until there's like the final big battle. And then there's like um, a death of sorts. So it's either a death of an idea or let, let it go or, or an actual death um, um, of the hero. And then they're reborn and they're reborn into a new normal. And, and that's a very simplifying simplification of this journey. But if you take a look at any uh, story in the history that's connected with people, it almost always follows this very same arc. And what I, what I um, um, learned about the hero's journey many years ago, it's not that you're following some like, like hero out there that um, is just sort of this, floating separate from the audience but everybody needs to that's why the hero starts in the normal because everybody needs to relate to the hero 
Um, so when you are telling a story, sure. it should always be that your viewer, your audience needs to be the hero, not you. You're not telling your story. Even those people that will tell a story and you're like, wow, what a brave story. You like, if it's, if it's a story that you're going to connect with, it's because you see yourself in that hero's uh, journey. 100%. So I when it. I talk in that story series, that's basically like what I'm talking about is it's not, you know, yeah, it needs to be like that whole personal authentic. Da, da, da. You're not making something up. But that's like, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown or seen her stuff, but like the whole idea of vulnerability, that's a one of the ways that you can tell your story in a way that will connect deeply with the um, with the person who is observing that story. So that's why stories are so powerful is that people get to be vulnerable and in that yeah. vulnerability, others can connect with them because they feel vulnerable in the same way. I completely agree. It's funny that you say that. I just made a, a LinkedIn post today. Actually, I think I tagged you in the post, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I made a LinkedIn post today in regards to uh, a lot of us marketers, I feel like we we tend to fall into this uh, mindset sometimes when you're in your day-to-day, -day, you're in the day-to-day -day grind, and you see a lot of other companies that are branding themselves, especially co competition, right? We'll, we'll always have competition. And when we see someone doing it better, sometimes, not all of us, but some of us, we end up um, falling into this trap where we're comparing ourselves to others. And that I feel is a, is really a thief of joy. Comparison is a thief of joy um, and, a, and a thief of, of success. Um, and I love how you talk about vulnerability because when you, you know, I, when you put out content, especially either for yourself or your clients, let's just say for your clients, uh, you have to be vulnerable because mm -hmm. it, it's, it takes a lot to put something out there for the world to see to do it the right way, the right way to make it resonate with your audience and to connect uh, with their audience or your audience through stories and through all these different things, you have to be vulnerable. That's yeah. a big element of it. So I put that on the post today. It was, it's funny how you said that. I'm like, wow, that's cool. It's so cool. It but yeah, but uh, I love how you said that. I think it's so true. And, and you know, Tara, I, I also love what you talked about in regards to when you are storytelling. Um, and I know that's also a big word, but uh, when you use that, when you incorporate that into a strategy, let's just say for your, for your clients, um, or even branding your own businesses, I like how you talk about, we do it for others. It's not about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to so many people on this podcast, successful marketers and business people, they all have a, a very similar, similar element in regards to always being about other people. And I love how you mentioned that. And that's probably a part of your success. It's very selfless. It's not all about you. You're trying to help others. Right. You know, you're providing value to others. So that's also, yeah. But I just love how you, I wanted to, to recognize you for that. Uh, well, and it's great. also like, just to clarify, we're all selfish, but we should be selfish yeah. in, the, in the right way. Like um, uh, one of my favorite books, uh, of all time is the origins of virtue it's by matt ridley i loved it so much actually i named one of my dogs after him <laughs> um but he's talking about like the uh that you know people actually um uh they're we're all selfish but 
if directed in the right way, like the selfishness becomes about helping others because there's a bit of a, in the back of our minds, like if we help others, then when we need help, we'll get help. Um, there, yeah, there's a bit of that whole virtue signaling stuff, right? Of course, that's positive pressure towards that rising tide brings up all boats idea. So if we're uh, making sure that what we're doing connects with others and helps inspire others. So I love that you talked about looking to the competitors and feeling, you know, bad. Well, don't like anybody that gets joy in somebody else's demise or feels jealous of their success. Like you just have to step back because, um, yeah. that, like <clears throat> we are all, we are like, if, if there's nothing we haven't learned during COVID-19, we are truly all in this together. Oh, there is yeah. enough space in this world for every one of us, every brand, like, monopolies aren't supposed to happen anyways like that it's actually against the rules yeah especially mm. in a capitalist society we need to make space for everybody to succeed um and so uh that's uh, that you know that's a really uh important lesson um i will mm. have to check out the post yeah yeah absolutely um and you know uh, in regards to you know talking about posts and content and we we i mentioned this a little bit earlier but when you in that video on youtube that you post about turning your values into action. Can you talk a little more about that? I, I love what you said. I think it would be good for people to know. So you're making me go back into my content database in my head. Um, but I do believe what I meant um, in that. Is, Sum it up. <laughs> is living your values, right? So no matter what you're doing. So I think of, uh, for instance, we're seeing this right now with Black Lives Matter and all these brands who are like, we believe Black Lives Matter, but they don't actually do stop do anything to demonstrate that they believe that black lives matter and of course this is gonna this is like biting them in the butts um right. so like they don't have um any black representation on their boards they don't have uh black people at their senior levels they um haven't you know they haven't examined their policies and their organizations that sort of thing mm -hmm. they haven't been proactive on hiring yeah great uh, you put out like an instagram post but that's not living your values that's just speaking to something and i think we are living in a uh, day and age that that is a, like it is starkly clear when people are performing um their values not actually living their values so that's a big part of it. And I think it's very important for brands. Um, there's been study after study of, after study that um, millennials and the new Zennials or whatever we call the next <laughs> Gen Y, Gen Z, um, like yeah. that whole, that the young, the younger uh, audiences coming up are that they, they, they buy with their beliefs. If they don't see a brand, acting um like in step with what they believe they are going to leave and not be loyal to that brand so all that money you might put into art marketing that makes you seem you know um amazing um is gonna go poof. you're not going no matter no like that's not authentic storytelling if we want to go back to that true you know yeah pantomime 
Yeah, we, we believe in brands that we, uh, we buy brands that we believe in. It's so true. I love that. I, I need to quote that out after, after this. <laughs> I love it. Some, some, uh, you're dropping a lot of jewels here, Tara. This Ooh. is good. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you are creating a, a, um, a content plan or a strategy for your clients, do you have some, uh, I, I hate saying the word tips, but what, what would you consider an effective content strategy? Well, I mean, we always start with making sure that we understand what exactly what keeps an audience up at night. Um, a, probably a good framework to use if you just want to be like very, very um, like tip, like this is in, instant tip is like a jobs to be done framework. Do you know that framework? No, no, I so don't. The, the idea behind jobs to be done um is that you're not selling a product or a service or something you um your people that are looking for you um your customers your potential customers have a job that needs to be done now they're not looking for a specific thing they're looking for a solution to their problem right so in your case when you were starting out and doing web banners they you know, the, your customers would have been looking on Craigslist to have um, somebody make um, ads that help them grow their business. So their job to be done was like growing their business and you were like a means to that end, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, thinking about your customer, you shouldn't think about like, we're the best of this. You should be always thinking about like, speaking directly to what that job to be done is. And that's why I like ads that are like, you know, when you, you come across an ad where it asks you a question like, oh, are you, you know, are you tired of your inbox being filled with spam or whatever? And you're like, yes, I am so tired of it. Mm. Click, click, right? As soon as they speak to, you know, content that speaks to um, where somebody is at, where the, like on that spectrum of their job to be done is content that is going to resonate. And so it's important to create content that resonates. Um, here's another, here's a, an example I love to talk about all the time. So when we went to go sign our lease um, on our offices a bunch of years back, my real estate um, broker was like, you need to get a lawyer to look at the lease. I was like, what? I don't want to spend money on a lawyer. I have signed a million leases. What? You know? So yeah. <laughs> I Googled, do I need a lawyer to like sign a commercial lease? And there was a post that went right at the top of my results. It was a LinkedIn post that said, do you really need a lawyer to like help you with your commercial lease? It was like ex almost exactly what I Googled. So of course I clicked on that, put that post, read the post. Basically the post said, yeah, you, I mean, it was, it's always helpful, but you know, here are some ways in which you can, you know, get through doing this yourself, things you should look out for. And it was written by a lawyer who does commercial real estate. Great. I went back to my commercial, like uh, my real estate uh, agent and I was like, I don't, I'm fine. And then I got the lease. <laughs> the lease was like 75 pages long. And mm. then I was like, and, and I just, I, I broke down. I was like, oh man, I do need somebody. And guess where I went back to? 
I went back to that post. It was in my history in my browser, clicked on it. I looked, the lawyer was here in Toronto because um, Google's good at, you know, featuring lo more local, local content. Yep. Um, and I reached out to her and I hired her like on the spot. Yeah. Because she, she didn't give me a hard sell in that post. She created content that exactly spoke to my job to be done at that point. And it, it like, even though I didn't buy right away, like she actually, but I trusted her now. She created this amazing, um, you know, she, she showed that she knew what she was talking about. And so when I got that mega thick lease, I was like, oh, I do need help after all. I knew exactly where to go at that point. And I think everybody that does a content strategy needs to get into the shoes of those customers who are Googling or asking around for that thing that they need to right. solve. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be directly looking for a lawyer or directly looking for that um, iPhone case or whatever it is that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. They're looking for something, you know, uh, they're looking to protect their iPhone or they're looking to alleviate any sort of um, issues that they could have down the, the pipe with their lease. So that would be my my focus is focus on their jobs to be done and answer those in your content. And in terms of um, the, the, the quantity of content that a, a company or a brand, small business, large company, whoever it may be, um, is trying to put out, do you think that, do you, would you recommend a, a, a number of pieces of content, of blogs, let's just say per week to, to, to start writing? Uh, I know for us in our company, we do about one post a week. Uh, right. 2000 words minimum. Um, you know, we, uh, we ensure that a lot of, with a lot of the research that we do, we, we try to make it resonate with our audience and the intention of the audience and things like that. Um, but yeah, there's a million factors at play. Um, I am, I'm usually bullish on like more content is better. And part of that is because like HubSpot and, um, you know, various different firms that, have like have studied this have shown that more frequent co content drives um better like lead results lead generation results however i also know of many many examples where um small businesses have written some really just amazing like rel relatable, useful, mm -hmm. interesting uh, content pieces. And, and they do it maybe like once a quarter, uh, but the, the content is resonates so deeply and is so timely and is so connected to their um, customers, like um, jobs to be done that they end up just, I'm like the, uh, the lawyer, her, that post was was old. It was not new. It was like two years old. And right. to this day, when you're in Toronto and you Google it, it's at the top of that result. So that one post, I don't even know if she's written another post since then, but that post. She's just realizing that post for all her leads. <laughs> hey, it happens. Yeah. So if you, if you, uh, I mean, so it's, you've heard a million times before it's about quality and not quantity however i mean search engines do tend to 
uh, index and reward sites where posting is more frequent and fresh. More consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she was lucky because she had posted on LinkedIn, which is very, there's a lot of fresh content coming out of LinkedIn in general. Like Medium would be the same way. Although I'm kind of like, I go back and forth on <laughs> posting on these third-party platforms versus your site because you kind of just want people to be driven to your site right. um, at the end of the day. But yeah, like um, it's that's my non-answer answer. Uh, but it's also hard to create thought leadership with just your website. That's why you as a marketing agency, right, you you probably write for your clients on, on Fast Company on Forbes to get their recognition up, to get them out there to their audiences, not just their own website. So it's kind of both, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we focus more on building content on their site and then we okay. would work with their PR agency usually on how we could uh, some of the content that we create also pitch to these other um, platforms for sure. So, uh, but I do like to also raise the the search ranking of their core site as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that's cool. The balance. Um, and, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think like I think we hit the spot with uh, a lot of his consistency. So it's qu quantity. I think is important to a certain extent, but quality we know is very important. You need to ensure that the, the quality of content is, is very high. Um, that resonates with the, with the audience uh, and, the, and the targeting factor, I think is, is incredibly important. Um, but um, in regards to social media, I know you're, you're big on social media. You're on all these platforms. I mean, Tara, you have what on your LinkedIn, I think over 220,000 um, connections or followers, which is, which is, I mean, it's amazing. I, I, one day, maybe I'll get there in like 10 years. But um, <laughs> it's worthless. Uh, and, it's worthless. Let me tell you. Oh, really? It's is it not is it not giving you guys leads? Your the the connections you have or the the content you're posting on LinkedIn? Or I will take it back. What's been, what's been effective for you on social media? What's worked for you and your company and your clients? What's been so good? I will I will take back that it's worthless because there's a there the fact that people follow me and there's attention there and there's like human beings that. Like at some point I connected with on some level, so they wanted to hit that follow is amazing. And I thank everybody who has ever done that. Uh, the worthless part is um, that these all of these platforms control algorithms. So um, my numbers of followers have steadily gone up, but my engagement has steadily um, flat, like has been pretty flatlined. And, yeah. and it's, and it's not necessarily because of the quality of the content, although maybe that, I don't know, maybe I'm fooling myself, but it's also a lot. I just hear this across the board. These platforms are noisier, their algorithms like change all the time. Very saturated. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I always make the joy joke, like if you want to uh, do well on LinkedIn, you just talk about LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and those posts just do so well. Uh, funny they enough. do very well. I've yeah. noticed that too. And I've interviewed many people on the show there. LinkedIn, quote unquote, influence. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But they're heavily promoting on LinkedIn. Um, there was a, um, I was interviewing a guy a few weeks ago and he was wearing, he, I mean, it was, a, it was a beautiful interview. It was, the guy's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's so good. But um, he's like, listen, I'm wearing the hat, he had a LinkedIn hat, LinkedIn shirt. Um, he was doing very well for himself. That's great. But all he posted 
um, was a lot about LinkedIn and, and all that stuff. But um, it was also, I mean, he, he had a, a lot of amazing insight and how to provide value and, and generate leads through LinkedIn. So it was, it was very valuable, but um, it's yeah. not something I, I don't, I don't want to dedicate my whole, my whole life to, to that. I have a lot no. more want to do, you know? Well, yeah. And it's but, like, uh, I am not ever going to be a shill for, for those, for those companies. So, you know, I, uh, I like to think that my posts are about, you know, the, and I go off of real questions that real people ask me, or if I've like actually discovered something through working with a client that I should talk about, right? Like I won't give up the client secrets, but if something is happening where I'm like, oh, I bet more people would benefit from me talking about this. I'm not going to go on and be like, here's how to make a lot of money with LinkedIn or Facebook ads or whatever. That's, mm that's not my stick and I don't I would rather not have the attention <laughs> and just like so the thing is like a hundred strong views or listens from people that are really engaged that's, are is yeah. worth way more than a hundred thousand from like people who just want to become LinkedIn influencers, you know? Yeah. It's, we have it's to like measure the right like, metrics, the right measure metrics and impact on, on, yeah. you know, uh, on these, uh, these social videos and posts that we're making. I think, uh, what, what do they call vanity metrics? So a lot of the vanity oh, yeah, metrics, yeah. right. It's, um, I, I had a, a quick little story as I have a, a friend of mine and she's a, a model and, or she does modeling on the side and she's uh, all, all about Instagram. Not, no, she's not on LinkedIn, always, she's on Instagram, uh, Instagram yeah. and Facebook. And, you know, she was getting to this point where she's like, you know, I'm, I'm really upset these last few weeks because a lot of my posts are not, they're, they're not getting engagement. I'm just like, listen, like I, I'm not saying to, to not have a goal to try to increase your reach. I think there's, there's positives with that. If you can reach people, you can touch and inspire people. I, I get that element, but don't, rely on that for your own joy and happiness that that's crazy and i was telling her i'm like you need to put your um your your um have have your your happiness and your joy come from other things about you know are you enjoying modeling does that give you does that bring you joy she says yes it does i'm like stick to that yeah. stick to that don't stick to the metrics these platforms are defining that for you yeah yeah isn't that crazy like oh yeah there's i you know i uh, uh, i railed against adding followers to Twitter back in 2006 no seven I remember when they added the follower numbers to Twitter in 2007 I actually was quoted I think it was in the Wall Street Journal in an article oh, wow. um basically because they call like they talked to me when I was at South by Southwest and I was like this is going to change Twitter and it's bad um and all the people are going to care about are their follower numbers now and sure enough, my prediction from 2007, um, and I was actually, I don't know if you know who Robert Scoble is, I was actually talking. I've, I've, heard, I've heard of him, yeah. Back talking him on that because it was like kind of about him and ta him talking about how he loves the follower numbers. And, and sure enough, years later, um, like I, I know that Instagram's been uh, experimenting with taking away like, like numbers and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I would just like to see them pull, like just what would happen if we didn't have that social proof and like would we just like stuff that we would like would we follow people that we personally just found interesting like why do we need to know that that person's popular in order to follow them 
or that post is popular in order to like it you know it's uh it's uh, i think it's been uh, a big problem and it's and it's and it has it's uh there's dopamine hits there's like all sorts of data yeah. and science behind and, and yeah i know why these companies did this these companies did this because it drives more time on the platform oh yeah it's an addiction have, have you found I, I'm, I'm guilty of it too refresh, i'm, I'm guilty of it too 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah dopamine hit and so like if you do not know who's who's liking and stuff you do not get that dopamine hit if you do not like look at those numbers as a measure of self-worth like your friends um you're not getting that dopamine hit maybe that means you post less well that's fine live life <laughs> like yeah, live your life so true <laughs> yeah i mean the the dopamine hits i get i'll tell you is um when i'm able to get someone on the podcast and connect like with some someone like you um and you know you're you're phenomenal and i i love you know for me i get a lot of joy from this this is because it's a, it's a connection it's it's yeah. real i can you know i know we're not face to face but i can see you can see me and that to me i'm like you know what that's what i love and that that brings me joy you know and Build, being able to build relationships, that brings me joy. Being able to do what I love every day, and that's marketing for my company, that brings me joy, you know, and helping people. And so yeah. this is what, this is what's valuable for me. This is what I love. But, yeah. um, I, you know, not everyone's, not everyone's like that, you know? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, well, hopefully and, things yeah. change after this period of time. I feel like there's a, 2020 has been very interesting and I feel like there is change is going to come. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's happening that I think it's just the beginning. Um, and it's going to probably be a little painful for people for a while, but I, I feel like, I feel like actually a weird sense of hope around all of this mm -hmm. stuff. Maybe I'm either just... that. Yeah, I, I think so too. Either that, or, uh, I, I said this to, to my fiance the other day, I said, what's next is uh, they're gonna find aliens below yeah. the Empire State Building or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's either <laughs> things are gonna we'll get go a lot up better. Go up in a big fireball, you know? <laughs> yeah, Godzilla's gonna, you know, it, it's just, yeah. It, yeah, we're in some very uncertain times at the moment, um, but I guess all we can do is have hope. And, and uh, I, I think it, this is a reset on the world a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. it's showing that we're all connected, that we're all very similar, that we need each other. And uh, hopefully it's going to have a positive uh, impact. We'll see. Yeah. And then there's more important things than they got your double soy latte order wrong, you know, in this world to think of. So true. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and actually, this is a perfect segue. You know, this is really my, what I wanted to also ask you with. I know we all have our struggles, obstacles that we go through and you being an entrepreneur and business owner, you've owned own multiple businesses. And were there any obstacles, Tara, or challenges that you had? And you could talk about life. I'll leave it up to you or even your career that, that were, they were very tough, but you felt like you overcame and you made you stronger. What were some of the, the really tough challenges that you had in, in your career? Um, mm. You can talk about truly, I'll, I'll leave that up to you, but yeah, it happened actually yeah. a few years with truly. Um, so as I said, it was like this accidental agency and all of a sudden I'm in this position where I'm like trying to be CEO of an, like a lot of people give them the, themselves the title of CEO. Um, and there was a moment where I actually had to earn the title of CEO. 
a whole bunch of stuff had happened all at once. Like we were winding down with a few clients already, um, but we had some other really strong clients. Um, but then they had a changeover. One of our biggest clients had a changeover in leadership and their new leadership was like, I don't like this strategy. Like, this is not my idea. They wanted to go in a, like a, a, a way different direction. So they mm. killed our contract uh, right there. So we were winding down with some clients with that big client was going to be gone in a month. Um, and there, and then there was a bunch of like business development we were doing that just like all of a sudden, poof, it dried up. And I had staffed up uh, earlier in the year to like, because I was feeling very optimistic and because I wasn't properly measuring like the, uh, all of the things that an agency should be measuring, which right. is like full-time equivalent cost per, you know, like da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, operating costs, your fixed margin, costs, everything. Yeah, your yep. I, yeah. we've been through the exact same, but go ahead. Yeah. That's crazy. So there I yeah. was and the rug was pulled out from under me and uh, yeah. So the next few months, Oh man, I, I was like, I was devastated because I had to lay people off. Um, I had to like, we had to make a lot of different cutbacks. We had to make some other hard decisions about things. Like everybody was in fear. Um, and um, we got through it. Like it was like a three month period. We got through it on the other side. We gained some business. Uh, and we ended up like putting in some amazing um, uh, like uh, pro practices and uh, tightening up the way that we keep track of time and like just making sure that everything like we were tracking our margins and we had dashboards and all this stuff like it was just like we were I was like why weren't we this efficient before I guess like Part of me knew that I had to be before, but I didn't like, I just, it always felt like, ah, there'd be, you know, fine. We'd be fine. And all of a sudden we weren't. Um, and there, there I was like on the other side of this, just way stronger and understanding that process is sexy. <laughs> process is good. Process yeah. will help you be better to your staff. Process will, you know, your staff might hate process, but at the end of the day, it's for them. It's for their jobs to protect their jobs, to really help uh, ensure that they have security. Um, you know, uh, process will help your clients, even if your clients hate process, um, because, you know, it'll ensure that they get the best possible service, um, that we are um, like making sure budgets are staying on track. You know, process and processes, of course, really good for an agency. And it allowed us to make our margins such that a few years later, we're building Flywheel, um, which is was sort of like one of our dreams to do, right? So that's great. Yeah, yeah we, we uh, it's crazy that you said that because um, last uh, in earlier 2019, we went through that same thing where we had to part ways with our largest client. Um, and it really hurt us. It was a really, it was one of the, uh, I would say it was probably one of the toughest years I've ever had. Mm. And it was very similar to what you went through and we had to go through the layoffs and all of that. And, um, it, it's, it really does test you. You know, I, I don't think 
people are really prepared when they start a business. You know, all these things you see on Facebook, I'm sure you probably stay off of it, but when you see on Facebook, you see, oh, you know, make a million dollars in, in, you know, in the next 12 months, you know, I'm making, you know, I have a stack of cash, 300,000 last month. You know, it's just all fake. It's not real. It's not, yeah. it's not, you know, uh, and instead we need to talk about, you know, how difficult it is to be an entrepreneur, but how joyful it also is. And also it can, how much joy it can bring to you and to others. But with that being said, there's a lot of obstacles that, that come, you know, well, and along I, we, in the journey. So I will also say we learn way more in our failures than we ever do in our successes. People that Absolutely. are like, I was successful because A, B, C, D. It's like BS. No, you mm -hmm. were not. There, maybe there were things that you did that led towards this, but there was also probably a lot of factors that you couldn't control. But in our failures, we learn to be smarter about like um, that whole like mitigating risk, which is a big part of the entrepreneurial life. Yeah. Right. It's not just the glory. It's also the, you know, we're risk takers, but we also have to be smart about what kind of risks to take. So calculated risks. Yeah. Yep. That's all. And that's about knowing your finances and your costs and your, you know, oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're actually making money, if you're losing money, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into it, but it takes time. We've, we've been through I did that not as well. Sign up. It's hell. I it's not, hell. I did not sign up for that, but Hey, I'm yeah. here and uh, actually I feel stronger because of it. So it's good. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's, that's great. Um, and you know, just to, uh, the, you know, I, I always ask this final question, um, on every episode and it does have to do with, with your story and all the things that you've, uh, that you've gone through good and bad, everything that's made you stronger. But for you, Tara, how would you define your story in one word? Get choose one word of how to define yourself. It can be your personal, your career, anything, but how would you really define your story? Um, humility. Love it. Yeah. Humility. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a really, really good word for a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> you need it. If you don't have it, you need you're going to be screwed. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. I love it. That's That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, Tara, it's been uh, an honor, you know, talking to you today. I'm, I'm so, so happy and it's a great, uh, ending or kind of ending to the Friday. It's what 1230, but uh, you know, I'm definitely blessed and honored to, to have you here and, and to share your story and your, and your expertise, <clears throat> expertise, excuse me, and your insights. Um, can you tell everyone where they can find you? And actually, if you can, uh, uh tell us a little bit about, uh, Flywheel and even, uh, truly just a little bit and as well as where, where everyone can find you socially and, and yep. websites. Okay. Um, my name is Tara Hunt and it's, but you can find me at Miss Rogue everywhere. M-I-S-S-R-O-G-U-E. It's pretty much my handle across everything, whether it's on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, Flywheel is spelled, which is our new, um, product that uh, we're doing a beta test on and we're officially launching in July. It's how we're trying to scale services for small and mid-sized businesses because it's really hard that's why it's so expensive to hire an agency for a small business, but we're trying to, through community content and, um, and coaching, we're, we're, we're creating this like community of small business um, uh, professionals who need to get better at marketing and help them like not buy Facebook ads anymore. <laughs> but Flywheel is spelled with a PH, 
uh, P-H-L-Y, uh, W-H-E-E-L. Um, and uh, like, you know, like the 90s fly, <laughs> fly. <laughs> which you'll also, see in our, you'll also see in our branding. And yeah, it's we're flywheel everywhere because, hey, surprise, surprise, nobody had that name before. Uh, <laughs> as you might. Uh, and then, yeah, and then truly is uh, tr truly ink, uh, truly T R U L Y I N C um, everywhere. And that's, you know, we're that's our services uh, based branch. And we can really only scale now to do like bigger. Um, like bigger projects, um, bigger long-term uh, projects. That's why we wanted to create Flywheel so that we could help people, small businesses in the near term um, at, a, at scale. So. Perfect. Well, Tara, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. And um, I look for forward to me. continue. Yeah, absolutely. And look forward to continue connecting and, and building that, you know, relationship. And um, I, I think uh, a lot of people are going to find, uh, lots of value from this and, and be inspired by by your story and uh, be inspired from everything you've gone through and all the knowledge that you have to share. So I really appreciate you and, and uh, thank you for being here again. So thank yeah. you, Michael. Talk soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, everyone for listening. And this is your host, Michael Giorgio on Tales from the Pros and until next time. Thanks, guys. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, there are links somewhere around here, but uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support, and I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously, and we look forward to seeing you soon.